Welcome, I'm glad that you guys are here. My name is Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here at Arise Church. And we're all about helping people follow Jesus, aren't we? And that's why we seek the one here and we want to seek the ones in our lives. So welcome if you guys are here. I'm glad that you're here. I love you. Welcome. Um, we got a good message today in our Saved For series. The Great Wall of China. You guys heard of it? I think so, right? Okay. A monumental feat of construction, one of the wonders of the ancient world. It is some 2,145 miles long, and that's just at its longest point because there's a lot of different branches off of it that are even longer. It is, um, on average, on average, some 20 feet tall and 15 feet wide. It's an incredible wall, and it defended northern China for years and years and years. But there was one time where the wall was breached. One time. You see, the Mongolian um, forces um, rallied under Genghis Khan, and they had 100,000 soldiers coming down from the north to invade into China. But the Chinese emperor felt secure because he had one million soldiers defending his wall. So in case you're doing the math, that's a 10 to 1 difference. But there was one tower that was built along the wall, and the emperor decided to renovate it and to put a secret passage through this tower, this fortress, in order to allow soldiers to go through it a little bit quicker, which was fine until Genghis Khan and his soldiers found it and exploited it. And that one hole in the wall allowed the, the Chinese to be defeated and the Mongolian horde to conquer northern China. One hole in a wall is enough, right? You know this if you have a house, it doesn't matter if all four walls are great, but if you have 1% of a wall with a structural damage, it can destroy the whole thing, right? A wall is only as strong as its weakest point, as its weakest point. To have a firm, strong wall, it requires every single spot and every single gap to be filled. So today's message is called a spot on the wall. A spot on the wall. You know, God's people um, in Israel lived there for many years. But, but as we saw earlier this year, as we went through the book of Daniel, that they had rebelled against God and God allowed the Babylonian Empire to come in, take over Israel, and to take the people and take them as exiles to live in Babylon. But there's an interesting indictment against God's people in the book of Ezekiel, and it comes in Ezekiel chapter 22, where the prophet is speaking on behalf of God to God's people. And in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, God says this to his people. He says, I looked for anyone to repair the what? Wall. And to stand in the gap for me on behalf of the land. So I wouldn't have to destroy it but I couldn't find anyone. There was one gap, there was one hole, and God's like, if there was just one person who would be willing to stand in that gap, I would not judge my people. But no one stood in the gap. No one saw the spot on the wall and said, I'll do it, I'll stand up. So I'm asking all of you guys, who's gonna stand up? <laughs> Will the real Sam Fisher please stand up? Okay. Please stand up. Okay, never on. Um, please stand up. Okay, enough of that dumb joke. Okay, let's keep moving on. Today's message is about how we need to find our spot on the wall. That God calls every single one of us to join us in the wall, in the city, in the church that he's building. 
And there are holes, there are gaps, and somebody has to stand up in there. And it's time to find our spot on the wall to make sure that we each are doing our part. Because in this series, we're learning that we're not just saved from sin and death. Man, that's great. It's good news that we have grace, that we have forgiveness, that no matter what we've done or where we've been, God will bring us to himself, that he loves us, that he calls us out. He saves us from sin and death, but he also saves us for a purpose. He saves us for a purpose, and that's what this series is about. We kicked it off two weeks ago, uh, building off of the Brainwash series because we realized, hey, we got some problems, we got some issues, we got some hurt, but it's actually when we use our hurt then we can help people the most. Use your hurt to help others, that's what we learned. And then last week, Kintan Chan came, and I think two years in North Africa, he forgot English and he spelled the word speak wrong. Did you guys notice that last week? <laughs> speak with two A's as was his acrostic so that we could learn that we should speak fearlessly, boldlessly through the Holy Spirit. Commands us to open our mouths and tell other people about Jesus. So that's what we learned last week. And then this week, we're going to learn to find your spot on the wall. Find your spot on the wall. So even though that verse in Ezekiel I referenced, it, it's a really critical one for this message today. Our passage is actually going to come from Nehemiah chapter 3. So if you have a Bible, open with me to Nehemiah chapter 3. Um, we're going to be there if you have your smartphone and you have the YouVersion Bible app downloaded on your phone, if you don't, download it right now. Um, and you can find our event. Search for the event. and You can save notes, see all the scripture that we're going to be covering this morning. Because Nehemiah 3, I believe, is one of those chapters I know a lot of you have memorized. But just in case, we're going to have the main scripture, the main verses that we're covering today. No, in fact, I realize that Nehemiah chapter 3 is one of the, the chapters that almost everyone skips over. Skip through it very quickly. So let me just tell you what's going on in this book of the Bible. So we, we talked about how God took all of his people out of Israel, moved them into Babylon where they were in captivity and exile for many years. Prophet Daniel, of course, lived through that entire 70 plus year uh, time there. And then God's people were allowed to come back to Israel. And they came back and everything had been destroyed. The Babylonian Empire was the best, the strongest army at that time. So they had knocked down walls, they had destroyed everything. And when God's people came back to Jerusalem, God's city, the temple lay in ruins. The wall to the city of Jerusalem was not one stone on top of the other. And that's a big deal. Could you just imagine if you were coming home to the United States and... You went to Washington, D.C., and the Washington Monument's knocked over. If you saw Abraham Lincoln with his head on the ground because the entire monument had been destroyed by an incoming army, you'd be pretty devastated, right? You'd want to rebuild. And that's what God's people wanted to do. And they, they worked to, to rebuild the temple under a guy named Ezra. But the, the gates and the walls of the city still lay down some 90 years after God's people had come back. This is a big deal in the ancient world. Not only was it like, uh, hey, we want our monuments up, we want our city to look good, but it was also a form of protection. How are they going to protect their city if there's no walls? That's a big deal in the ancient world. And I, I did preach through this book of Nehemiah during my time in Nebraska. And in 2015, I looked back, and I had called my sermon series, get this, Build the Wall. And in 2016, it took on a whole new meaning. I don't know if you guys knew this, but build the wall. And I was like, whoa, I never even thought of it back in 2015. But we're not going to talk about that type of build the wall. We're going to talk about how Nehemiah uh, was given this task by God. He, he heard about what had happened 
in, in Israel and, and his heart went out. He saw this major problem, this hole literally in the wall, right? There was no wall. Somebody had to do something about it and God put it on his heart to go back. The emperor gave him favor and gave him money, gave him people, gave him time off so that he can go rebuild this wall. And they go back to Israel to start building the wall. And in chapter 3 is when they really start picking up the work. So you guys ready for this? Let's do it. So we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 1. And we're going to learn six things from this passage about how we need to find our spot in the wall. And the first one, if we can pull up our first point, those of you guys taking notes, is that any work can be ministry. Any work can be ministry. So let's look at this in Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 1. It says that Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place. So here are these priests. They're like, hey, we're going to get on the action too. They're like, we're pastors, but we'll, we'll do this. We'll build the wall. They build the sheep gate. That's probably the gate where they allowed the sheeps to come in so that they could be the sheeps um, to come in. That's plural in case you didn't know that. Uh, to come in uh, for the temple so they could be sacrificed. So this is a spiritual thing, right? So they dedicate it. That's what you expect. Okay, that makes sense. If this is something used in the temple uh, to be dedicated. And it says, and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. I point this out because they didn't just dedicate the sacred Sheep Gate. They also dedicated the whole stretch of wall and the towers they built. Because these priests understood something important. That all work, if done for God, is ministry. And that's why that first point is that any work can be ministry. What is ministry? Do you guys know? Serving on behalf of God. Serving on behalf of God. The work you do with your life, in your company, in your schools, in your businesses, at home, all of that is work. And it can be ministry if you do it for God. And that's why we all need to find our spot on the wall. Because when we realize like everything that we do, that everyone that does it can be ministry, it changes your mindset. When you're swinging a hammer, it changes your mindset. When you're running the numbers, it changes your mindset. When you're treating a client or an employee or a boss a certain way, it changes your mindset. When you realize that it can be ministry. And that's why the first thing we need to learn is that any work can be ministry if you want to find your spot on the wall. In Colossians 3.23, Paul makes this explicit. He says, whatever you do, whether it's swinging a hammer, whether it's measuring, whether it's counting, whether it's sending emails, <laughs> does that sound like ministry? Sending emails, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters. So, so work for Jesus, not your boss. Work for Jesus, not the CEO. Work for Jesus, not the stockholders. He's the master. And that's why it's ministry. A.W. Tozer once said that it is not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It is why he does it. Did you know that? Your work can be holy, dedicated to God, building a wall, building a tower. These priests understood it. They're like, it's not just what we do in the temple. It's not just building a church. Some people feel special about that kind of stuff. No, no, whatever we, we do, when we do it for the Lord, for Jesus, is ministry. And I think we need to change our mindset with that, right? We need to change our mindset if we want to find our spot on the wall. I, I think this is so important in our city because our city 
is broken down. You might be like, well, what, where are the walls that are broken down? Well, I'm sure you see some of them. But metaphorically, isn't our city broken down? That we see homeless men, women, teenagers on the streets? That we understand that, that there is um, issues with gun violence in our schools? That there are refugees coming to this city by the busload? That there's an opioid crisis going on right now in our city? That there are teenagers, not to count the adults, but teenagers and kids who are struggling with a mental health crisis, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts? Our city's broken. And God has placed us, his church, not a building, his church, us, his people, in this city to find our spot on the wall, to stand in the gap, to see where there's a need, and to step up. Say, maybe there's one thing I can do here. And whatever it is, you might not think that your work is important, but it can be if you do it for the Lord, if you do it for Jesus. You've got to stand in the gap. We as the church live in a city with, with just a five-mile radius of this physical location, our physical church building, which is different than the church, that there are 350,000 unchurched men, women, and children, that there are twice as many dogs as Christians in this city and more marijuana dispensaries than there are churches. That's our city that we live in. It sounds broken to me. And if God has called and chosen his people to be the ones to stand in the gap, I think we've got to step up. In our nation right now, 85% of churches are either stagnating or declining. The church is shrinking right now. When our nation needs it the most. That every year, then the last data was from 2019, and in 2019 there were 4,000 churches that were shut down. 4,000 that were shut down. I'm sorry, 4,500 that were shut down, and only 3,000 started in their place. If you didn't notice that that's a net negative. And that's not even keep, keeping up with population growth. There is a need in our nation and in our city for God's people to step up. For the church, us, to step up and find our spot on the wall. And it doesn't mean you need to quit and become a pastor or a missionary. It doesn't. For some of you, it might. But for most of us, we say, what is my work? Where has God placed me? And how can I step up and fill the gap to find my spot on the wall? To find my spot on the wall. You know, I think this is really important, and throughout this message today, I'm going to talk about different ways people do that within our church, but we believe whether it's within our church or without, outside of these church walls, we believe that every single one of us is called to serve somewhere. So, so I'm going to reference some people in our church throughout this time, but, but I want you to realize this, that, that every work can be ministry. I, I was thinking especially of Aseneth, Aseneth Murphy, Murphy. She goes to second service, but you guys don't know what she does because she does everything behind the scenes. But it's ministry because she takes our sermons every week and uploads them onto our podcast and onto YouTube so that more people can see the message afterwards. Some of you are watching live streaming. I love you. Thank you for joining us live. But a lot of people watch it later. Okay, I'm not going to judge you. I love you if you're listening to this Tuesday night or Thursday on your commute. But Asimath, I just looked at the numbers. Because of the work she's doing every single week behind the scenes, 145 more people hear our messages. That's a lot of work, right? That's ministry, just doing a little computer work. To, to serve behind the scenes can make a huge impact for those who are online. So, think about your work. Is it ministry? It should be, if you do it for Jesus. 
That's our first point. Any work can be ministry. Let's talk about our second point. It's not just the pastor's job. Okay, can I get an amen on that one? It's not just the pastor's job. And we have three pastors here. I don't know if you know Pastor Sawyer and Pastor Sam sitting here in the front row right here. I didn't tell them to sit in the front row. They don't have to do that. I have a buddy and all four pastors have to sit on the stage and like behind the senior pastor and nod along, pretend like they like it. I'm like, rough job. Thank you guys for doing that on your own. I don't tell them to do that. But it's not just the pastor's job to do ministry. You guys tracking with me? Because right after it talks about the priests building the wall, in verse 2, it says the men of Jericho. This is a city even outside Jerusalem. They were like, I see our capital city in ruins, and I'm coming in, and I'm building too. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hassanah. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. See all these names? This is why most people just skip this section, right? But this is good. This is God's word. All scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So we talk about these weird verses with names that we don't know, that I'm probably pronouncing wrong, but it's okay, because you don't know how to pronounce it either. (laughs) But these guys, they're like, we're not priests, but we're going to step up, and we're going to do our part. It's not just the pastor's job. In Ephesians 4, it actually tells us what the pastor's job is. Do you guys know what it is? It says, Christ himself, Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. The word service can be translated as ministry. My job is to get you ready for ministry, not vice versa. Some people are like, oh, are you the minister here? I'm like, no, but we all are. We're all ministers. We're all ministers. So everybody needs to step up and realize, hey, it's not just the pastor's job to do the ministry. We all need to do it if we're going to be a church that makes an impact and and fills in a gap in the wall. We've all got to find our spot. I think of Chris, Christopher and Nikki Titsworth. They started coming to our church in 2016, and if you were around here in 2016, you know it was kind of a rough year. <laughs> Actually, there was a two pretty rough years for our church. There was no lead pastor here. This is before I had gotten here. Um, and things were a little rough. The church had, had been hurt, and they were kind of focused inward. And Christopher and Nikki showed up, and, and they thought that. They're like, wow, we're not feeling welcomed here. We're not feeling loved. What's going on? And, and they could have just gone to another church. But they realized, no, 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 I think God has called us in this time without a pastor to be the welcoming people, to be the greeters, to be the people who will love and make others feel welcome. And that's what they did. They're still on our welcome team today. A lot of you guys know the Titsworths. Because they realize it's not just the pastor's job. We all need to do it. We all need to step up and find our spot on the wall. Our third point that we learned in this passage, not all contribute. Not all contribute. Look with me next in verse 5. It says that the next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. This group of people are the only people in this whole chapter named that wouldn't do any work. The nobles. They're too good for it. We don't want to put our backs to the supervisor. We're we're not going to contribute. And and let me tell you this. I, I don't want to make this point, but the point is that some of you won't contribute. Some of you will see a gap and you're like, oh, why isn't someone taking care of that? Come on, pastor. It's, it's the reality. And I want to point that out. These guys are being shamed in this passage to be named explicitly for not helping. And yet the poor blue-collar workers are like, I guess we'll, we'll shoulder your load. And that's the thing. So if you're here and you're like, I'm serving. In fact, I'm serving double time, triple time. 
got to realize some people won't. Don't judge them. You got to do what you are called to do. If you see a hole and somebody isn't stepping up, that doesn't mean you shouldn't step up. Don't just wait for people to do it. Maybe you are being called by God to do it. Step up. Find your spot on the wall. And I won't name any names here in this section. Okay, moving on to our fourth point. Some give double. If some don't contribute at all, some give double. Jump with me all the way now down to verse 27. Remember, we just learned about the men of Tekoa, not the nobles. The nobles did nothing, but the men of Tekoa went to work. But in verse 27, going on on the wall, it says next to them, the men of Tekoa repaired another section from the great projecting tower to the wall of Othel. These men of Tekoa are like, yeah, our nobles, they might need to face some shame, but we're going to work double. We're going to work twice as hard. Take care of two sections. I don't care if somebody's not handling one, I'm going to do double. And I think that's important because some people realize that. If you're in the church, you realize, hey, I might have my best spiritual gift and I'm going to contribute it. I'm going to use my thing. I have this great skill, this great talent. I'm going, to, I'm going to use it. I'm going to work in the workplace, and I'm going to work really hard and do something great for the city. But then you might see another area, and you're like, man, they just need some help, and I have a little bit of time, maybe a little bit of talent, maybe just a little bit of, a lot of heart, <laughs> and I can step into that second gap and work double, even if somebody else isn't working at all. And I think that's important. I think with our ministry, we, we got asked a, a few years ago to help with some refugees that are our neighbors in the area through, by the Denver Rescue Mission. So we stepped up to help them, and, and it's become bigger and bigger the more we do it. And then the city just came to us and said, hey, we're expecting a whole bunch more refugees to be coming to our city very soon. Would you guys help? And we're trying to figure out how can we ramp this up even more. And we have some people in our church, like Dwight Willis, like Grace Ma, who are serving in other areas of the church, and they're pulling double duty to help with the refugee ministry. It's incredible the amount of time that they're giving. And I'm amazed because they're giving double where others aren't giving at all. But we all need to find our spot on the wall. So some of you, yes, that does mean I'm saying get your second step forward, your second place to serve, your third. <laughs> we all need to find our spot on the wall, even two spots. That's our fourth point today, our fifth one is that all are valued. All are valued. Look, jump back now, verse 12. It says that Shalom, son of Halosheth, Halohesh, ruler of half district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of who? His daughters. These are the only women mentioned in this entire chapter. Probably because most of the time it'd be the sons, it'd be the men who were the blue-collar workers. But perhaps, we don't know the details, but perhaps Shalom had no sons, and his daughter's like, Pfft. And we're not going to let that stop us. We're stepping up. We're not going to let our gender get in the way of us contributing. And that was in that society there. In our society today, there might be a whole bunch of host of other reasons why you feel like your, your contribution might not be appreciated or valued or, or accepted. Boom, just step up and do it anyways. Okay? You're empowered here <laughs> to step up. That every contribution is valued here from everyone. I think of a couple teenagers, teenage girls, who heard our call that we needed some more people to serve in the kids' ministry at our church. And these teenage girls aren't really like, well, I'll wait till I'm an adult and have time on my hands. <laughs> that doesn't happen. But, but they're like, no, I'm going to serve right now. We've got two teenage girls, um, Annabelle Strandell and Adela. They're, they're serving right now in kids' ministry because they're like, hey, there's a need. I'm going to step up and find my spot on the wall. I don't care how young I am. 
And just as Paul said to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believer in speech, in life, in faith, and in conduct. That's what we do. Don't let anyone look down on you. Give your contribution. No matter who you are, all contributions are important. And our sixth point today, no job is too dirty. <laughs> Look at verse 14 with me. You skipped over this verse for sure. <laughs> the dung gate was repaired by Malkijah, son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth Hakaram. He rebuilt it and put its doors and their bolts and bars in place. Do you guys know what a dung gate is? It's, this was the sewer system, okay, in the ancient world. All the poop had to go somewhere. There had to be a dung gate in a city. Guess what, guys? If there's no sewer system, if you guys do not clean your house, you will die. It's just reality. You might not think about it. We, we don't ever want to deal with cleaning the toilet, but somebody's got to do it. Have you ever been in a hoarder's house? Okay, it's gross. It's disgusting. Those people die, get diseases. Somebody's got to clean this stuff up. Somebody's got to get the dung gate ready. Someone's got to set the toilet in the floor. Someone's got to mop up the gross stuff. And if you're serving for Jesus, no job is too dirty to be honored. Sweeping floors, mopping up puke. Stay home, moms, we love you. Okay, moms, we love you. Okay, because we know you got your fair share of dirty jobs. And they are valued by Jesus when you do them for him. No job is too dirty. Someone's got to step up and do those super dirty jobs. And I'm glad that Malkijah did it, right? For the Dungate. You know, in the body of Christ, we like to be, talk, talk about the head, the mouth, the hands, the arms. Nobody wants to be the sphincter. Nobody does. But everybody needs a sphincter, right? There's no job too dirty. No job too dirty in the body of Christ. Melissa, I love what, what she said um, at this last Christmas. She's like, Matt, have you ever thought about the person who made the manger? Think about this guy. In Bethlehem, it counted 200 people. This is rural nowhere. And he built this manger to feed animals. Little did he know that the king of kings would sleep in it. You never know how small or how dirty of a job can make an enormous impact on other people. Find your spot on the wall. No job is too dirty. Nothing is beneath you. It even said that Malkijah was a ruler, okay? This guy's a prince, and he doesn't care. He's like, give me the dung gate. I'll do it. And we need some more people like Malkijah up in this place. I want to ask you guys, how many of you, maybe by me or by one of the staff, have ever been given a small task to do around the church? Raise your hand if you've been given a small task. A little thing, maybe. Okay. You're wrong because there are no small tasks in the kingdom of God. Nothing is too small. <laughs> Sucking up moths. <sighs> we have had an invasion from the east and our walls were not secure. Turns out this historic building has many gaps in the walls and man, the moths came in. And over the last few weeks, yes, we've had some incredible staff step up, but we've had some incredible volunteers on our facility team. Gary Bell, who's been leading our facility team. Uh, Donna Craven, you, you saw her a couple weeks ago, like ghost busting, just walking around all service long. She's like, I got it. Man, it's in, they're like, I don't care 
it, it's not prominent, it's not cool, it's not opening up the ballot. You know, there's some jobs that you feel like, oh, I'd like to do that, but it's like, no, every job, no matter how dirty, is important. So where's your spot on the wall? Where's your spot on the wall? God has called every single one of us to serve somewhere, to step up. So where's your spot on the wall? Now, um, we, we came up as a team with five spots that we feel like we got some holes as a church. That if there was an invasion of the Mongol herd, hordes, then we'd be trounced, okay? That we're like, hey, there's some, there's some spots that are open right now that we need some help. So we put five of them up here on the screen. And there's more. If you're like, hey, that's not my cup of tea. I want to do something dirtier. We got some more for you. But we have it up on the wall, so if you haven't, or yeah, up on the screen, so if you haven't served somewhere in our church body, we would love for you to step up and serve, and you can use this QR code, fill out the form, and click one of those five items. In the back, we have a white table, there are two tables today, the white table, if you're here in person, that you can go back there, and we'll have actually someone back there to kind of explain what the different jobs are as well, if you have questions, because you're like, I don't know, but we need probably, there's these five spots, and and it actually could be filled by multiple people in some of them. And the first one is communication admin. I mentioned Aseneth. We also have a great woman named Heather who's going to be moving pretty soon, who has served so faithfully behind the scenes. Thank you, Heather. Um, and she's going to be moving because she's in the military. We're like, hey, you can still work online. Um, but she's like, no, I probably should serve in my new church. Um, but we, we need somebody to serve with behind the scenes communications admin, the emails that go out, the way that we have people volunteer. Um, like a lot of things happens. And if you're online and you're like, I can't serve in the church, this is an area you can. I don't care where you are in our world, you can do some of these admin jobs behind the scenes. So we need one, maybe multiple people that can serve behind the scenes in communication administration. The next one is 1045 kids. For some reason, 9 a.m., like our 9 a.m. kids people, we got that, those slots filled. But 1045, we have a few gaps still. So if some of you love kids, you want to invest in the next generation, or if you're just like, hey, I can, I can plug a spot for a little while, okay, we want you to serve in 1045 kids. Facility team, okay, we mentioned that, but there's a lot of things with this old building that we need to fix up, we need to take care of, especially with some of this construction that's starting tomorrow on our new classroom. That's pretty exciting, right? But we, so we got more facility stuff coming up. So if you're like, hey, I can swing a hammer, I, I can clean something up, well, that's great, we need you on facility team. On our welcome team, we need a few more greeters. We've had a few people move away, and we have some spots, especially, I believe, in the 1045, but either service. So even if you come to the 9 a.m., you can stay a little longer for the 1045. Um, but we need some people that can be greeters on our welcome team. And then also this refugee ministry that we don't even know what we're going to be called upon to do, what the hole in our city is. But if you want to help with refugees, we could use you. We have a big event coming up on June 20th where we're going to be serving a lot of the refugees that live nearby. Um, we could use some goods, too, if you just want to bring some physical stuff. But if you're saying, hey, I want to care for those people who are here in our city, uh, maybe not by choice. Like, they're fleeing a pretty terrible situation. You want to help with our refugee ministry. We need you. So those are the five spots that we're saying, hey, we've got some holes. We've got some holes. But there might be others. If you're like, well, could I serve here? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. We will get you plugged in. There is um, maybe smaller spots <laughs> there that need to be plugged. But we'd ask everybody to serve somewhere. If you're not... Don't be the people, don't be the nobles of Tekoa, okay? And don't wait if you're like, I've only been coming for six months. Okay, get plugged in. I don't care if it's your first Sunday here. Start serving somewhere, because we are the church. Those are the five areas. And I think that Nehemiah, you know, he led all these people because he saw that the walls were falling down. He knew that something had to happen. But every single person stepped up to serve somewhere. And this is what we do as followers of Jesus because that's what Jesus did for us. 
Jesus was a noble. He was a glorious king on high, king of kings, lord of lords, angels worshiping him. And he left all of that to lay down in that wooden manger. And he lived among us. He worked a job as a stonemason, a blue-collar worker for over a decade working with his hands. And he knew he was doing ministry in those years, even before he started his public ministry. And then Jesus served people. Jesus himself said, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And he served us when he knew that no one could fulfill the requirements of the law. But he did and stood in our place, stood in the gap on the cross, dying for us, shedding his blood, giving it all so that we could be forgiven, set free from sin, but also saved for a purpose. So if Jesus served us, how could we not then go out and serve others? How could we not then find our spot on the wall? Let's pray. Lord God, you've called every single one of us, and I pray that you'd open up our hearts to listen right now. That we realize that every single one of us has something to contribute. We are in a city that is broken. There's brokenness all around us. In hearts, in homes, in schools, in businesses. And Lord Jesus, use us to stand in the gap. Here within our church, you've called us to be a beacon of light into this community. And we pray that our walls would be strong because the gates of Cal are coming against us. And I pray that every single one of us would find our spot to plug in, to serve, and do it as ministry for the Lord, because we know that you reward all our work. Now, with eyes still closed, I just want to tell you, if you have not made Jesus your Lord and Savior, it's time to do it today. He died on the cross for you. He shed his blood for you. He came to forgive you of your sins, to save you from sin, death, give you eternal life, but also to give you a purpose, a meaning, something that matters in your life. And if that resonates with your heart, if that means something to you, it's time today to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. So I want to give you an opportunity to respond with a simple prayer because everyone, it says in the scriptures, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So with eyes closed, would you please repeat this prayer after me? And if you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody who needs to pray it for the first time. Please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me. Forgive me. In faith, I declare, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me to follow you, to serve somewhere, and to find my spot on the wall. Now with eyes closed, if you said that prayer for the first time and you meant it, if Jesus today for the first time is your Lord and Savior, we just want to celebrate with you. So on the count of three, raise your hand up high. One, two, three. Put your hand high in the air if Jesus is your Lord and Savior today. I see one up in the balcony. I see one down here. Um, keep your hand up because we have a gift for you. We want to give you a little book. I see another hand in the back. Let's celebrate with those who made a decision today. Um, Lord God, we are grateful. You've called us to something better. You've saved us for a purpose. Use us to make this city, this nation, this world a better place. Help us find our spot on the wall. Amen. Amen. All right, now, if you haven't noticed, we've been doing our services a little differently the last few weeks. We are now coming into our time of giving. So if God has laid something on your heart, maybe it's 
time to step up and financially contribute to our church, to give financially. Um, and, and so if you have, um, if you're new, we just wanna know you, okay? So fill out the new form. There's a new form behind me. And if you fill that out, we actually give $5 to the Denver Rescue Mission in your name. So we're helping someone, we're serving someone in the city, someone that's homeless, get off the streets. So fill out that new form. But if this is your church home, we'd ask that you give and you give generously. Um, I got an email this last week and I love it and I wanted to read it to you. This person wrote, good morning, Pastor Matt. Just wanted to send a quick note saying thank you. I began attending Arise in March, 2020. Remember that? Online, it's when we were online only. When COVID hit and recently began attending in-person services this year, just before Easter, isn't that pretty cool? Just wanted to say thank you to everyone on the incredible team there for all the hard work that went into and continues to go into providing the online option. Joining in person and being around the church family, getting to worship, praise, as well as listen, learn, and grow from messages has been amazing. Thank you again to you and everyone there at Arise for everything you all do and helping people to grow in their faith, seeking and drawing closer to Jesus. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I love hearing stories like that. And, and if you're online or in person, we love you. And when you give, it, it reaches people like that. Um, and a lot of people join us online for a long time before they ever come in person nowadays. So we love you. And if you're online, that means you can give too, okay? So everybody could give right now online at risedenver.com slash give, or you can drop off your cash and checks in person in the white boxes on the exits out of the way of the auditorium. So I'm gonna pray for the offering right now. And then while you guys are giving, we got a special little thing in our service Sawyer's gonna come up for. Um, Lord God, thank you for giving us your son. Thank you for what you're doing in our church community within these walls and beyond. Lord God, you have called us to make an impact in this city, to make an impact for your kingdom. And we wanna be a part of that. Help us, especially as we give right now, help our financial contributions fill a hole, fill a gap that is needed. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen.